Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19? I'm just, where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? <laughs> they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain. Comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big football show. Welcome back, everybody. We missed you. Um, here in, from the Dave and City Studios at the home of Champion Southern California, we're gr- good, glad to revisit you. We're very glad to talk about all the games. We're glad to have John back on the program with us. We're glad to have Andy back on the program with us. And joining us for the guest picks in just a, in just a little bit, um, well, sending him by the text to be specific, is our is Dan Tullis this week. So we're really looking forward to that too. And it should be a really good time. Man, it was a crazy weekend of football. It was just absolutely bananas. Like I, if a team could lose, they did lose. It was just nuts. Like some of the teams were really up to a lot of shenanigans. And with one team, I called it. With a lot of teams, I didn't. Like it's just crazy. The Bills lost. The Cowboys lost. That's the one I called. I was calling for weeks, but you also had. Um, I, mean, I think I'm missing one. I think. Who else lost? Somebody else lost, but we'll get to that later. But, but uh, yeah. So John, I believe Andy will be with us on air as well. But uh, it was it was a, it's been a good time. Hope you did all right during the break. Um, should be we've got a lot of football. I mean, we're getting down to the end of it. Where they released their first football pick football rankings and so on. So uh, let's not waste any more time. We've got a lot to cover. It's been a nutty week of football, and um, I'll give it to the to the fellas to to break it all down. As we continue the contest, started to tighten up over in the standings, but, uh, uh, but you know we had some moves made and everything else. So a um, lot of drama in college, a lot of drama with Rodgers, too, in the, in the Packers. It's been crazy. A lot of drama with other organizations. But the action continues to, to carry on, everybody. So uh, carry, carry on. Let's hit it. <laughs> Football picks week 11. And as far as the contest goes, we've kept it pretty competitive, at least among the regulars. Let's take let's take a look what happened last week uh, in a minute. And last week what we had was another solid week for John in Connecticut. Check it out. 3-1 and one on this, uh, for, for last week's action. Really good. And uh, Dave, who is me, went 2-2. Two and two And Andy was right to correct my San Diego State pick. I had San Diego State giving – I mean, getting – I thought they were getting seven and a half. They actually were giving seven and a half. So on that principle, I did not cover. So instead of three and one, I'm two and two, and that's that is correct. That's the way it should be. Andy went two and two for the week. Ron went one and three, and Tommy's guest picks went one and three for week ten in in picks. So these standings after ten weeks, John is still sitting very nicely at the top at twenty three and fifteen, and um, I am twenty and eighteen. For second place, Ron is in third at 19, 18, and 1. And Andy is in last place at 17 and 21. But for what it's worth, only four games under 500. Guest picks this year, not doing well. 14, 22, and 2. But hopefully uh, Dan Tullis picks can turn that around and we'll, we'll give it a go. So that's what, the way we have it right now. 
Just so much going on. I mean, the Steelers were lucky to survive. Did you know, folks, that only four favorites out of four, what was it, 14 games? 14 games covered last week. That's inc- that's just that's just wild. And so hopefully you didn't have too many favorites in your picks. But uh, let's say hello to John in Connecticut first, and good to see you back. A lot of drama in the Packers right now. I mean, the whole scenario with Aaron Rodgers is just, I don't even have to say, John. But I'll give it to you first. How are you doing tonight? Doing well, Dave. Good, good to see everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. Yeah, um, great. Good to be back on the show. Yeah, lots has transpired since we've had our last show with the Packers anyway. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers has turned out to be kind of a quack with things. But, hey, you know what? <laughs> He's a great football player, so, who, you know, who cares? We're going to keep rooting for him as long as he plays for the Packers. So, um, good to be back and uh, lots to discuss tonight. So, uh, good to see you and Andy. Likewise, man. And, you know, look, I, I think your your point is completely fair. Like, he's a nut. That's it. I don't think there's anything more I can derive from that than that. And he's still a great football He's still a great football player. And, you know, he got COVID. And he seems to be getting better to the point where he can even play this weekend. So that's big news for the Packer fans. It's going to probably end up being a Sergio Dip scenario as we bring in Andy in Seattle to the program. Andy, welcome back. How's it going tonight? Ooh, yeah. I mean, Sergio Dip. I mean, Aaron Rodgers washes out what Alec Baldwin did, washed out what John Gruden did, washed out what Urban Meyer did. And yeah, I mean, come hell or high water, uh, Rodgers is playing on Sunday. They're not having Jim Nance and Romo do Jordan Love and Gino and and Wilson's playing two pins and needles in his fingers. Imagine if Romo and Nance had to do Gino Smith and <laughs> Jordan Love. There's no way it would have happened. Like the powers that be would not have happened. And yeah, uh, with Rogers, like I, he's an amazing football player. We watch him to play football. We watch him because he's good at football. Like sometimes you don't want you know you want you you admire the athletes because they're athletes you don't you don't really want them you really want to know like if you heard what the golfers actually feel about things like you probably wouldn't like the pga tour but we love the pga tour because these guys are great at golf we don't like the pga tour because you know what their issues are between like voting blue or red so yeah yeah less is more sometimes you know with the athletes (laughs) It is what it is. Is that a Super Bowl Fifty One pullover that yeah, you have on? Yeah, this is. It's uh, when the Falcons and the yes, Pat- Houston that's I was the one. visiting my dad, and uh, they had you know one of the the Super Bowl merchandise. We went there and got some got some stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was in Houston. That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. Good call. So um, nicely done, Andy. But, but, you know, your points are dead on. Like, it's just, especially with a tour, you know, Pitch and Catch actually made that point. It's like, you know, the the fact is, like, most people on the tour are probably MAGAs and, you know, and it is what it is. It's just like, we know where they, at least we kind of got that. Dave, you're alienating half your art. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just, like I said, that's like, it's, we can't take their judgments on these things too seriously. I think that's what it it boils down to. So let's go back to John and, and and John, like tell you, I I did see, I saw some of this coming with the NFL. I didn't see most of it. I I mean, the Steeler game, I think everybody saw that. Like they, 
they always find ways to keep other teams in the game, so that's not a big deal. The Capitals kind of saw too, because I was like, Gary, they're going to have a bad game one of, these, one of these weeks, and they did. The Bills, though, dude, six points? I mean, what? And the Bengals getting blown out at home like that? It's like, what? What is going on with some of these teams? So, uh, John, if you're with us, let's get your recap of last week's action. So this is our official NFL recap. Is that where we're at right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess we'll start with, uh, selfishly, we'll start with Green Bay and Kansas City. I mean, <laughs> the Packers really should have won the game if they had a competent special teams. I mean, you had Crosby missing two field goals. Yeah, I don't have no idea why Amari Rodgers is still returning punts. Like every punt he return, he goes to return is, is about a muff. Um, or like you hold your breath every time he's back there. And if you look at the stats, like Jordan Love outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Like it's crazy to say, but he really did. Uh, he had the one bad interception, but the Packers moved the ball okay. And the Chiefs are just, they're just completely broken still. I mean, you know, if Rodgers was in there, I had no, um, I had full confidence in saying the Packers win that game like 31 to 14. Um, and they still, like I said, they still could have won with Love, even if they had, um, competent special teams. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm glad that was an AFC game. And, you know, hopefully Rodgers is back this weekend and, and we'll go from there. But uh, the my main takeaway from that game is, one, the Chiefs are just still a complete mess. And um, I don't think you can take too much out of that from uh, about Jordan Love uh, because, you know, they were sending all sorts of blitzes at him. And it was just a tough environment. I think he handled himself okay. So I'm not going to – you, know, you can't make a read on his career after one game, but um, I do think he needs a little more time uh, behind uh, Rodgers if he's going to be the quarterback in the future, per se. Um, as far as the other games, yeah, uh, just a crazy, crazy week of action. I mean, who would have thought the Bills, like laying the, the absolute egg of all eggs in Jacksonville, uh, a week after the Jags looked completely dead in Seattle, um, you know, they couldn't even, the, the Seah- Seahawks defense isn't good, and you thought the Jags at least could put up some points in that game, and they were just horrendous. And now here they come home, and it, really, they, I mean, their offense didn't do anything. They only scored nine points. I guess it's more so the Bills couldn't do anything. I mean, their offensive line was bad. Their uh, Allen, every time they showed the game on red zone, he was getting sacked and fumbling the ball, just completely out of sync. And um, I know, I mean, just chalk it up to a bad game. But even the week before against Miami, they kind of just slept walk through that game so um you know the afc is just completely wide open at this point you know we'll see if the the bills can kind of get back on track against jets on sunday if they can kind of show their form for earlier in the year but definitely definitely a concerning concerning loss but again we'll see if if it carries over to the next one uh dave you called the denver game with dallas that was one of your favorite picks and mm-hmm. yeah, the line was way too high for yeah. sure i mean 10 points was just ridiculous and that should have been like six or seven, but still, you did not expect Denver to like go up thirty to nothing uh, in that game. Uh, just a wall from start to finish. Um, you know, Gordon just went off. Uh, Bridgewater was so efficient. I saw a crazy stat like as an underdog on the road, Bridgewater is like twenty-five and two against the spread as a starting quarterback. It's unbelievable that that kind of record, which is you know, play trends. Just bet that blindly. Um, so, you know, and Dak was clearly rusty. It just goes to show you the NFL, they, you know, Cooper Rush, they get the win with the Viking against the Vikings. And it almost, you almost got the feeling that the Cowboys thought they could just show up and win against Denver. And, you know, it's the NFL and the other team gets paid too. And they just, they laid a huge egg. 
Um, yeah, the, the Steelers game on Monday night was pretty exciting. Uh, like you said, Dave, the Steelers always seem to keep their opponents in the game. And, you know, uh, really that game was just kind of a dead game until that fumble on the, mm. on the punt return. Yeah. Um, and then just all kind of all hell broke loose after that. But, yeah, that was a, that was a pretty um, entertaining game. And then the other game you mentioned, Dave, the, for the blowout was uh, Cincinnati. I actually – I took uh, the Browns and that line kind of – it was kind of teasing you there to take the Browns. You know, it's like Cincinnati just had that uh, huge win the week before. It's like, oh, they're only laying two and a half here. It's kind of fishy. So in that scenario, you, you kind of go with the with the Browns, and um, you know they were they performed again a, a scenario where Beck comes off the team and the Browns just they look amazing now. I think uh, Peoples Jones can be a great replacement for Beckham. Like he was catching those deep passes, so he'll be all set with that. Um, I think I think he'll he'll replace. Uh, Beckham fairly well there. Um, and then two other games I'll mention. Uh, the jig is up on Kyle Shanahan. Like, this, what a joke that team is. You can't even, you know, they're down to Colt McCoy, the Cardinals, and all they're doing is throwing screen passes the entire game, and they're, like, busting all of them for, for 80 yards. Like, it, I, I don't understand it. So, you know, that team is just – I think they've lost, like, eight home games in a row or something like that. It, it's just It's just not good. Uh, for the 49ers so i mean he, he clearly built up goodwill going to that super bowl but since then just uh not a good job by the 49ers and you know be biased against betting them going forward because that cost me some some money on, the, on sunday that game and then you know the falcons nice win for them in new orleans um that line was probably too high like it probably should not have been seven with that combination of hill and uh simian starting uh, but still great job by atlanta getting the win and you know, if you the answer to the question in the NFC, who is the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs right now? Well, no other than the Atlanta Falcons. So chew on that as no we head kidding. into wow. this Sunday. Look at that. You know, I have to make your correction. I keep doing this. The Minnesota score is incorrect. Baltimore won by by a field goal in that game. If you see it there, I'll correct that momentarily. But um, by the way, that game, Baltimore looked dead. But at somehow I felt around halftime I thought they could come back because they what was it like a was seventeen to three I think that's what they've done all year though yeah Jim. the Ravens every game they get yeah. behind two touchdowns and then it's just Jackson running around the entire game getting them back to win by three basically yeah yeah that's a good point that's a good point so I was kind of like this time I was kind of anticipating it so I got lucky because I I had like a parlay that had them as their money line as part of the parlay and like it hit because of that so I'm really grateful um, so. Andy, anything else you want to add as far as last week's action? Oh, yeah. Like, well, John did a great job. I'll piggyback on that Vikings-Ravens game. I was screaming on Twitter. I had Baltimore in a money line parlay with the Pats and the Dolphins of all teams. Um, and, yeah, when the Ravens were down 17-3, I was, you know, telling Baltimore, wakey, wakey, wake up. And they did wake up. Uh, I got greedy because I also had Baltimore minus six and then, you know, end of regulation, they couldn't stop Kirk Cousins on fourth and nine with, uh, I don't know, it was about like a minute and a half left because Minnesota tied it and Baltimore had a chance to get in field goal range at end of regulation. And then I think Lamar took a uncharacteristic sack. And uh, so they go into overtime and then Baltimore couldn't do anything with the ball. Then Minnesota, I was like, oh, they're Minnesota, all they need to do is get in field goal range. But then Baltimore dialed something up on third down, forcing Cousins to throw, you know, to nobody. 
and Baltimore wins in regulation. And yeah, I was just, I was so angry at that time because the week before I had Minnesota and they couldn't do anything against Cooper Rush of all people on that Sunday night game. Uh, I fell in the Bengals trap. I thought they would uh, be hungry and ready to bounce back after losing to the Jets uh, the previous week. John was, he made the right call taking the Browns. Yeah, it's like, how are the Bengals only giving two and a half? Well, yeah, they're only giving two and a half because they're going to end up losing by 25. <laughs> and then uh, maybe the Browns or they feel free from the Odell Beckham drama, but I'm, you know, I'm going to take the Pats this weekend. I don't care. I'm a Pats homer. Um, I was also on the Broncos plus 10. I, I, you know, I was late to the game, you know, going against, I, I, cause I yeah, as John mentioned, Teddy Ridwater, he, he likes to cover. And yet I know when they went three and oh, they were three and oh, because they played the giants jets and maybe the Jaguars. And then they had a little bit of a course correction where all of a sudden Teddy Bridgewater can't cover games, but yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it was a crazy game. I didn't think they were going to win outright, but for whatever reason, Dallas, uh, they, they, they kept going for it on like fourth down, which they probably should, but they, they, you know, they were throwing like deep ass passes on fourth and one and it just, just wasn't working out for them. But, you know, I think Dallas will be all right. If anything, this week kind of, just hammered home the fact that there's really no, there's no super, there's no super team this year. Every team has flaws. You know, we, you know, we keep expecting Kansas city to turn it around and they really haven't, um, you know, Arizona. Yeah. They're, if the season ended today, they're going to get the home home field advantage all throughout the playoffs, but do you really trust Murray and Kyler Murray in January? Pro- probably not. Um, yeah, so the AFC, you know, for a while we're like, well, the Pats and the Chiefs and the Steelers like kind of created this vacuum for all these other teams. And yeah, I mean, the parity reigns supreme. Uh, the Saints losing to the Falcons just illustrates how much of an ass clown Sean Payton is. I'm still pissed off that the Saints beat Tampa the prior week, and now they can't even. I, I mean, I mean, he was hammered, hampered with Simeon. He probably should have had Hill play some more, or at least run the ball a little more, you know. But that's, you know, that's the Saints. You know, they're up is down, left is right with with them in the, you know, NFC South in a nutshell. I will say congratulations, Yachts. That was an excellent win by LA in the, on the road. I mean, yeah, Philly not a great team, but for LA to go in like a gritty gutty environment on the road that's that's still an impressive win i will say yeah the what something's rotten with uh, mike shanahan or kyle shanahan i think they've lost like eight straight games at home going back to last year but what's weird is he owns mcveigh i think he's four and oh against mcveigh in the last two years as under and i think three of the four games are underdogs so next i think next monday night is san francisco uh Los Angeles Rams. I, I mean, point on that one because you want to. Which trend are you gonna hop on? Like oh, the trend that Shanahan owns McVeigh, or the yeah. trend that you know LA probably wants to get the stench from the Titan game off their chest, and San Francisco has looked really bad with you know Jimmy G recently. You know, yeah, they they pulled that game against the Bears out of their ass two weeks ago. Um, John hammered home the Packer Chiefs game pretty good um Dave that that Monday night game against the Steelers and the Bears you know fields 
Fields looked pretty good in that second half, uh, moving the ball downfield. Uh, that game's good for our Steeler bet over nine, yeah. over eight and a half. And then, yeah, I didn't watch too much of that Bills-Jags game, to be honest. I saw the last drive by the Bills, but to be honest with you, I, I just kind of assumed that at some point, the the bills would turn it on yeah because the jaguars are they're they're a bad football team and you know the bills prior to this week you know and obviously you know losing to the titans and the week one game against the steelers they they never they had yet to really be like embarrassed but this game was was kind of embarrassing but mm-hmm. and now they're five and three like two weeks ago you'd think you know they were shooing to win the afc east and uh all these division races, you know, are, are pretty close with the exception to maybe, you know, the uh, John's division with, with the Packers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's – and, you know, the, the Packers weathered the storm with the – with. I mean, they didn't win, but, it, I mean, they, they certainly made a good name for themselves. The Chiefs are – I'm going to have more to say about the Chiefs later, but they just haven't looked good in a month. Like, I, I just – I don't know what it's going to take. Like they, they played the Giants, and so we weren't on last week when they played the Giants. That was one of the worst. I, I think all of us here took the Giants. I know. I, I would have, you know, I should have taken the Giants. <laughs> I don't think I had action on that, but I, I should have taken the Giants. Dave, was... what I was telling you, I think I texted you this, but it's like the the overreaction to the line after right. Rodgers was ruled out was crazy. Like the Chiefs could only beat Daniel Jones by three points. Right. Right. And you're going to move the line. I know I know. clearly Rodgers to love is a downgrade, but you're going to move the line eight points. I mean, they had their whole complement of offensive players. It's not like, you know, if Adams and uh, Lazard and MVS and all those guys were out, I would have said, you know, no way. But then they also they have, you know, Dylan and Jones. Like, that was just way too big of an overreaction. So I'm glad that the Packers ended up covering that game for, um, you know, just for that purpose alone. Obviously, I would have liked them to – win but that was just that was just a huge overreaction to the spread we've seen that a lot lately yeah just, you know players go out and just the spreads just over adjust and you know you, you can end up getting a pretty good number yeah see when the packers scored it was about maybe there were about three or two or three or two minutes left in the regulation do you call that a bad beat and i said no hell no i don't call that a bad beat they were sitting on those 13 points the chiefs were sitting on 13 points there were three quarters i mean that was terrible it's a terrible performance not a bad beat. So, um, okay, well, that's very well said, too, John. Uh, let's go to the picks. Like, we'll get right to it. And, John, since you had the best record last week, we'll go ahead and go to yours first. So uh, when you are ready, we're ready for your Week 10 NFL picks. All right, Dave. Um, interesting card this week. I always say I like a lot of games. And then, of you know, of course, we'll, we'll see how it works out by Sunday. But I did like a decent amount on the card this week. Um, we're going to start with the Saints plus three in Tennessee. Now, again, this is kind of one of those things like it goes against everything that you would think. Well, the Titans are on five, a five game winning or four game winning streak. They just beat the Chiefs and Bills and Colts and Rams. Um, the Saints are without Jameis Winston. They're, you know, they're down to their second or third quarterback and they just lost at home to Atlanta. Well, why would you ever take the Saints? It's just one of those things like it's a the buy low, sell high kind of market in the NFL. That's kind of how you have to play it. That's, that's just kind of my main angle here with this game. Like everyone is going to be hammering the Titans minus three in this game. 
I already see this in some places the spreads changed to two and a half and Camara didn't even practice today. So if he's not going to play or he's, you know, kind of iffy and the line's moving the other direction, like something's fishy here. Um, in terms of like an actual football reason to, to take the Saints in this matchup, um, you know, Tennessee without Henry, like they were able to withstand it last week. But when you look at the game against the Rams, clearly they won because of their defense. I mean, they had that, uh, uh, Stafford had that uh, uh, Carson Wentz kind of play where he just flipped it from his end zone and uh, that set up a short field. There's another pick six and their offense really didn't have to do much of anything. Uh, the Rams outgained them pretty good. I mean, I know total yardage doesn't really much of anything when you have that kind of um, discrepancy with turnovers, but uh, the Titans offense really didn't really have to do anything and they're going to have to in this game. Um, I, I don't think the Saints will, will turn the ball over like that. Uh, you know, they're, they're trotting out the corpse of Adrian Peterson to try to replace Henry. I'm not sure if that's really going to work out for them. Um, the Saints secondary should be able to handle their own against uh, Brown and Julio Jones. And, you know, the Titans defense is still pretty bad. So I just think this is a, a great buy low spot on the on the Saints getting a field goal. Sean Payton, for all of his ass clownery, is usually very good as a coach, as an underdog. So we'll take the Saints plus three and um you know they might even get this this win out right uh, and you know it's just one of those I mean, one of those weeks those games where after the sunday people might be like oh man like this not expect unexpected uh, result but uh, i think the saints will win this game so that's pick number one pick number two we're just going to continue the fate of the chiefs until they prove prove something so we're going to take vegas uh it's plus two and a half i wish we would have gotten the three but it is what it is i think they'll win this game out right um, they kind of had a dud of a game at the Giants on Sunday. But if you look at the box score, they were one of six in the red zone. Um, they easily could have won that game. Um, so I just think coming back home, uh, Vegas has turned to be a, out to be a really good home field advantage for them. And the Chiefs' offense is just completely broken. And until they show you otherwise, you're just going to keep fading them. And they're, they're treated in the market as if they're this team from the last few years. And, uh, you know, we're just not going to – we're not going to buy it until – they show you that they're that team again. So uh, we'll go Raiders plus two and a half, Saints plus three. Two short underdogs are your picks for NFL Week 10. Thank you for the picks, John. I, I love both of those. Those are great. I mean, um, I came close to using the Saint pick as one of my picks, but I did not. But I, I do endorse it, so that's a really good call. I'm going to give you a little fun. Yeah, so as far as the, as far as the Titans winning – as you mentioned, 14 of those points were on were on pick sixes. And I think if you take that away, they actually lose the game, as far as I know. If we take a look at the score, I'll just quickly show this to you. Um, yeah, the final score is 20. So if you t they would have won 16 to 14, theoretically, if you took those two out. So the offense really didn't do a lot, as so John was totally right about it. So now, um, we'll go to my picks. And here they are. Let's do it. Okay. So my picks for week number 10. Let's go. Uh, do this one. There we go. Okay. So, as I mentioned, uh, I think I, I didn't take one of John's picks. However, it did take the other one. So, we're going to start with a checker on a checker. And it is Raiders getting two and a half versus the Chiefs. And, and, and it's as simple as it. I'm just, I'm done with the Chiefs. I'm done with the Chiefs. I've had enough of them. They cannot score. They have, I, it's just crazy that you can't score on the Giants. And, I mean, the Packers is fine that's fine but 
between the two of those games, I mean, the fact that you can only put up, like, like I don't know, like, 13 points in one game, and I think it was, like, maybe, like, 17 or 20 in the other one. I mean, this is not the Chiefs offense we remember. Something's clearly wrong with Patrick Mahomes. Something's clearly wrong with that offense. They can't run the ball. They're... I don't you're not seeing Tyreek going off for like a hundred like 200 yards and getting like a thousand fantasy points it seems just not that good I think we just need to come to that realization that they just aren't that good at all they may not even be good at this point their defense stinks so I think that the Raiders coming off a loss it feels like great value I'm gonna go Raiders we'll take a chance on it good divisional game they're pesky against the Chiefs anyway so Raiders plus two and a half game one game two Andy is scaring me from this pick but I'm gonna stay with it I go Rams minus four against the 49ers, and I mean, I the trend of Mc, of uh, of Shan, of Shanahan versus McVay is a good trend, Danny. I I, I I agree with it. The principle is great, but the Niners are spe- or particularly bad this year. I just can't see it. The Rams got you really just had some bad luck. They played a terrible game against the Titans. I do think they're going to come around and improve upon that. They should be better this week. If the Niners play better than the Rams somehow, then I'll tip the cap, but I just don't think the numbers are on their side here. I just think that I just think that the Rams are a better team, so I'm going to give the points. Rams minus four to go with Raiders plus two and a half. Week 10. All right. So, Andy, uh, I'm ready to give it to you next. I, I'm just really curious how you would tackle that game. But, uh, but before we do that, let's get your NFL picks for week 10. Yeah, thanks. I, I'm not going to do checker on a checker on John's pick with the Saints, but I'm going to take him in real life because, yeah, like, as John mentioned, like, yeah, Peyton's an ass clown, but you can see this week when he'll be going to the lab and trying to, like, find some crazy plays and use his brain and, you know, his offensive wizardry to get something fresh for the Titans. And as, as we've mentioned, like, we thought – the letdown game was going to be against the Colts and Carson Wentz's buffoonery bailed out the Titans. And then that game on Sunday night, I, you know, I think they only averaged like three and a half yards a game or whatever. And that game was basically lost by LA, as John mentioned, like in, in, in a span of like 90 seconds, like the two, the two interceptions by Stafford just flipped that switch on a dime. But yeah, that that's going to be a fun game to watch on Sunday. Um, but for pick purposes, uh, game number one, uh, I'm going to take a risk here because uh, there's a lot of, you know, the Patriots have two of their running backs in concussion protocol. Uh, Chubb's status for the Browns is in question, but that, that'll just make it more fun. Give me the Pats, uh, minus two, hosting the Browns. You know, New England's starting to, you know, get a little mojo here. Had a good win against the uh, Chargers last week or two weeks ago. Uh, embarrassed Sam Darno three days ago and now they find themselves you know five and four they benefited from an easy schedule they benefited from playing the jets twice already um but you can only beat who you play you know uh, john and georgia waving the pom-pom mongo style like they're they're uh, eight and one in, in wins and close losses <laughs> but no you get you get the idea like um the browns I, I, I'm still not ready to trust Baker on the road um, week in and week out. You know, last week they they looked great. They scored 41 points. They were embarrassing the Bengals. But, you know, 
the Browns are still the Browns, the Bengals are still the Bengals. We always say that, and um, I just just not ready to like put all my eggs in the Baker Mayfield basket. Uh, and with the Pats, you know, I'm waving the pom poms. Last year was kind of the stale year with Cam Newton. This year, you know, Mac Jones, he's got his training wheels on. But um, it feels like every week they start to gain some more trust in them, kind of letting them throw the ball a little little more downfield, nothing just like besides the dink and the dunks and the slant. They're getting um, Hunter uh, Henry involved, the tight end, the other tight ends getting involved. Their defense is always like, you know, pretty good, you know, Judon. So, yeah, I think the Pats are going to win this game, and uh, you're only given two. Uh, give me the Pats for game number one. Game number two, uh, there's, yeah, it's a strange week this year or this week. There's not like a ton of like large spreads. It's not that I would take that it goes anyway, but I will take, um, just looking at it right now, I am going to take the Denver Broncos giving two and a half uh, against the Eagles. Why? Um, Jerry Judy's back. The Eagles, I, you know, players, Aside, you know, Vic Vangio versus, you know, Nick Serini, whatever his name is, his aunt versus, you know, shoe versus aunt. And uh, I know the Broncos, you know, if you can close your eyes, like Broncos are always, they always seem like it, at the first half, it's like it's 6-3. And then like you fast forward in the fourth quarter, it's like 17-10 Broncos <laughs> versus whoever. It's just like, like clockwork, they always just seem to be like a low-scoring affair. And but again, if you're only giving two and a half, then a low-scoring affair isn't gonna really kill you in the, in the long run. And you know, uh, Bridgewater, he's got his limitations, but he's a covering machine, primarily as an underdog. But you know, what I got to take Jalen Hurts on the road? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, and yeah, so. Uh, we were actually texting with uh, yachts on Sunday night and everyone in the AFC West has like five wins. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a cluster. It's kind of a cluster. And we're, you know, we're approaching the halfway point of the year, all these teams, you know, in the hunt, that's all we really care about. And, and for whatever reason, the Denver Broncos are still in the hunt. And if they want to remain in the hunt, you got to beat the Philadelphia Eagles at home by two and a half. So, yeah, I just think it's going to be, they're going to do just enough to, to beat the Eagles. Eagles are, you know, not a team to, uh, I would personally like to take on the road. So uh, two short uh, mini spreads this week, Denver minus two and a half and New England minus two uh, in the NFL. Love it, Andy. Thanks very much. And good luck, of course. You know, Yacht said texted me the same thing, actually. He sent that text to me as well about the five, was it five teams have five, Wins well, or something like that? Teams in the NFC, AFC West all have five wins. Wow. Incredible. It is that kind of year, though. So let's continue with picks, and we'll move up next to, I think it's Ron's picks. Yeah. Let's go with it. All right. So Ron and New Jersey's picks, they are as follows. Let's see. All right. Ron has these for us, and he's going to go with a head-to-head. Yeah. So he's going to take on John's picks of the Saints plus three. He's going to go with Titans giving the three against the Saints in Nashville for pick number one. For pick two, he's go- for game number two, I should say, 
he's going to go checker on a checker with me, and he's going to go with the Rams giving four at the Niners. And so, Andy, you're right about that trend, but we're curious. I think it'll be interesting to see whether that holds up. Gosh, you would think the Rams would take that. Man, you would just think. I just It's tough for me to figure out how they would lose that in, with, in this particular context of 2021. But so Ron's going to ride it too. So once again for Ron, it's Titans minus three to go with Rams minus four for week 10 in the NFL. Pretty good. And now for the guest picks coming up, coming your way from Dan Tullis, who's pretty good at this stuff, I must say. And Mr. Tullis has been telling me that uh, he's he's been he's been riding a lot of uh, value this year, going with a lot of underdogs. However, the week did not line up for that on his card. So his card's going to be different than his normal card, which means favorites. So here is his first pick for from the NFL slate for week 10. Mr. Tullis, Dan Tullis says, Colts giving a 10 against the Jaguars. And he writes, if you look at Indy, they've blown leads of 22 to Baltimore and 14 to Tennessee, but otherwise look like they are going in the right direction. Jacksonville has played tougher, but this feels like a 34 to 17 game. That's game number one. Game number two for Dan Tullis. He's going to go with the Browns getting two at the Patriots, which means hold on, let's let's yeah I I, I <laughs> wait a second I you can't hold on do that again hold on let me just get to the two shots. <laughs> That's a big big finger for Tullis. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, so, yeah, so Tullis, Mr. Tullis is, is is going head-to-head with Andy's pick. And um, let me just make sure Andy had the same number. Uh, yeah. Yeah, two. Two, okay. Two. So Dan Tullis writes, Mayfield really is freed from OBJ, and New England has been playing much better. Uh, good win at L.A. versus the Chargers. Um, wait, who was that? For? Oh, the Patriots, yeah. But could see Cleveland bringing the wood to Jones here a bit. Game feels like 27 to 17 to me. Interesting. So a 27 to 17 win for the Browns? That would be interesting. So to repeat for Dan Tullis, Colts minus 10, which is crazy to me, but I, I'll give it to him. And then Browns plus two for week 10. Yeah. Those are some wild those are some interesting picks for sure. I I mean, I don't I don't disagree with the Browns one, but I honestly think that could go either way. So uh, good stuff all the way around. And let's go preview some of the games coming up in the NFL schedule. So we have it for you here. The featured games coming up this week, as Andy hangs out and, and chills for a moment. Um, we have. Dude, I got you. Are you gave the big finger to Nancy Romo again? <laughs> wait, wait. Which game? Let me let me see if I can figure out which game it was. I know. I keep. Do, I've been doing that a lot. That's true. But we Andy have. Gave a big finger to John too. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, wait, who are the Packers? The Packers are against the. Come on, Dave. You should know this. This is stupid. I don't know. This. Oh, Seattle. I mean, if if Russ is back, they will be on there. I just didn't think he was going to be back yet. That's that's why I didn't put him on this list. That's the only reason. But I don't. I I figured that Rodgers would be. So if they both play, then the Seahawks Packers game will also be on this, this screen if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and then a similar scenario for the Nansen Romo game. Uh, which is what? What is the answer? That's, that's the that's one of the NFC games. CBS cherry pick. Oh, so they were gonna do that game. No wonder. Okay, okay. So that, yeah. So I think that's really pending. What happens with those injuries? If if um, 
if the projections are correct and uh, Russ plays, then we can certainly add that to the, the list too. So Seattle, Green Bay, keep an eye on them too, 425 Eastern on, on CBS. But the rest of the schedule looks pretty solid. Saints versus Titans. I mean, a lot of potential there. Browns versus Patriots, a lot of potential there. I mean, it's only a two-point spread. 1 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Vikings, Chargers, I don't know if this really deserves to be on the list because um, the Vikings don't seem like they're good, but I did it anyway just in case because maybe the Chargers might let one up. 405 Eastern on Fox for that one. Chiefs, Raiders, and Rams, 49ers. Two great primetime games, I think. Chiefs versus Raiders, classic rivalry, and I really do think the Raiders are going to are gonna have a real chance here. They should be. I mean, they're not favored in the game, or are they? I don't think they are. No. Um, but either way, I mean, I just that's just the team I trust more right now. Even coming off a loss to the Giants, Rams, 49ers, same scenario. But this time, I'm going with the Rams. Even though the Niners have the trend, I think that'll be interesting. But I do like both of those matchups. I think they both could be potentially close games in the NFL in Week 10 for prime time. So uh, let's go to our panel. And, John, if we can go back to you for a second, I want to get your thoughts on this week's action. Yeah, it looks like an interesting week on paper. Um, kind of already talked about the Titans, Saints, and Chiefs Raiders are my picks, so I guess we'll touch on some of the other games here. Um, yeah, I have no idea about the Browns-Patriots. I'll leave that one to the experts. I mean, that could go either way. Yeah. Uh, Patriots have been playing much better. Um, really, all year they've been playing, playing fairly well. I mean, they – easily could have won those games against the Bucks and the Cowboys at home. So, uh, you know, could add a couple more wins onto their total. So, you know, Mac Jones, I would, I think everyone would agree, like all the rookie quarterbacks, he's probably performed the best uh, so far this year. He's really managed the offense well. And really the, the Patriots defense has stepped up. Um, I mean, you know, that was Sam Darnold. I mean, turns out he was hurt, but that was, that was just really ugly on Sunday. Uh, Again, it's another thing where, like, he's ruled out for six weeks, and then the spread just went up a couple points against Arizona. Are we? Do we really think that PJ Walker is two points worse than Sam Darnold? He might be. It might be an upgrade. Like, I might be on Carolina now uh, with that spread on Sunday. But um, in any event, um, yeah, the Browns Patriots. Uh, that one could go either way. And of course, the Browns now with their getting rid of Beckham, like the the weight lifted off of their shoulders and. Who knows about their COVID scenario because uh, Chubb is is going to be out. And also, well, they don't know if he's going to be out for sure. Like he he's on the COVID list right now, but I guess he's vaccinated. So it's a different situation compared to like Rogers, who was immediately out for 10 days. Those guys, if they test negative a couple of times or something like that can play. So we'll find out about them. But, um, you know, it's a huge hit to their rushing attack. Um, you know, but then again, we saw that Thursday night game where this guy Dearness Johnson came in and looked like, you know, second coming of Jim Brown. He was just tremendous. So that that's just a very interesting game. I'll definitely be, be paying attention to it, but I do not think I want to place a wager on that game. Um, I, I just can't get a feel for that. Uh, you have the Vikings and Chargers listed there, Dave. Um, I, that game just screams points to me. I think that's going to be an overpick. I think both offenses – won't be able to or both defense won't be able to stop the opposing offense the vikings do get kind of conservative sometimes on their offense i think it's probably because of zimmer's um mentality and i don't know why like they really have a lot of offensive weapons and you know it's a really good matchup here for them because the chargers can't stop the run at all so cook is going to feast 
And then, you know, Phelan and Jefferson should should get some good opportunities off of that. And then on the other side, uh, they're not going to be able to stop the, the Chargers passing game. So I think this game screams over. Uh, I haven't looked at what the total is. It's got to be at least 50, but uh, I, would, I would definitely still play that. Um, so I like the over in that one. Uh, you have Rams, Niners mentioned there. Yeah, like what I said before, I'm done with the Niners. I know uh, Shanahan has kind of owned McVay in the past, but I think even with now with the Rams coming off the loss, I think it's, you're getting that you're going to get their best best effort and focus in this game. And I I would still I think I'll 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 be with the Rams uh, in this matchup. Um, I I don't think they're going to lay two eggs in a row. Um, so I'll go with uh, Los Angeles there. Um, and then you know. It's, like you said, uh, Green Bay, Seattle depends on both quarterbacks playing. I do think Rodgers will be cleared. I don't I haven't seen any reason why that he wouldn't at this point, unless he tests someone test positive again. I don't know. Um, and then Russell will be back. So yeah, that'll be a great game. I mean, the Packers have kind of owned them in Green Bay lately, but uh, I am not one to count out uh, Russell Wilson uh, at all. So uh, that should be a good one. Um, and then some of the earlier games, um, you know, not a great early uh window you have tampa and washington it's kind of eh. uh dallas and atlanta could be, that one could be a, a interesting game i saw the spread on that was nine that again that feels like a little bit too many points but maybe i'm too uh too trusting of the falcons i don't know we'll think about <laughs> that one um and uh yeah i do like uh dan tell us pick of the of uh the colts i think the jags are in for you know they had their one moment of the season. Now they're going to go back to being just idiots. <laughs> so I, I do like the Colts, Colts in that game. So, yeah, uh, lots of interesting uh, matchups on the schedule. So, uh, should be a should be another fun Sunday to, to follow on the on the Red Zone channel. Definitely. Yeah, it's a good channel to have on. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot a lot of games to keep track of. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to play that Colts game. That's just two teams you can't trust. I I, I don't know what to say. What to do with that. But uh, Andy, let's go to you for a look at this week's action. I'll, go, I'll bring back the uh, the slate for you. Yeah, well, it, it kicks off with that amazing Ravens Dolphins game on Thursday night. But yeah, I'm just looking like <laughs> a Raven, a, a Baltimore Cowboy, a Washington football team, Pittsburgh Steeler money line parlay. What could possibly go wrong with those four teams? Might have to find out put a couple units on that. I might do but, that. <laughs> well, first, uh, uh, Charger Viking over under is 53 at the moment. Um, uh, just to piggyback on that game. It's Would like you the, take that? I know you don't do over, over-unders, but if you were to I, pick I side. probably won't. I won't, but I can, I mean, you close your eyes, you see like 35, yeah. 31 final, right? Yeah, I'll see, yeah. Thanks for pulling up the number. I'd still go in on that. I'd yeah. say like 55, I, I maybe I'd stop. But, yeah, I usually could see that being like 28, 27 for sure. I could too. I mean, you could buy it down too. Like buy it down a little bit, like 52 and a half. Might be worth it. Yeah. The thing about the Vikings, John mentioned, yeah, like they – we don't know if they're very good, but they play a lot of close games. Like, and, and for whatever reason, like they either come up just short or – uh, one way or the other. Um, I, I'm not a Zimmer guy. I think mm-hmm. he gets uh, kind of tight, and I've never been a Kirk Cousins guy. He's like he's the king of checkdowns. But their receivers and Dalvin Cook are amazing, and their special teams is pretty good. It's gonna be an entertaining game though. Uh, 
yeah, if there's like an Achilles heel for the Chargers, it's definitely the run defense. So, I mean, it all it all depends on you know because uh, you know the Vikings are going to get plenty of scoring opportunities. It's whether or not they can you know score touchdowns or settle for field goals. And you know, with the Chargers, you know, uh, they all systems go for the most part. I know like Herbert didn't look great against new England, but he, he kind of rebounded against the Eagles. Um, that coach also loves to go forward on fourth down all the time, like all the time. So it's just, uh, the new, the new way I, I kind of like it. It's like the good point of analytics with football versus like the bad point of analytics with the baseball. You gotta, you gotta mix and match. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of lines that are like in that you know one to four point range, which means like yeah, there's a lot of you know good games. You guys touched on that Chiefs Raider game, you know, depending on how my gambling day is going up. Yeah, I'm probably take Raiders at home. Uh, the Chiefs, they, they they can't get out of their own way offensively, and there's they haven't shown. They still have not shown like not even for a half that they're worthy of like the lines that are given to them. So, you know, why not take, why not take uh, David Carr, Derek Carr, David Carr and in, in company. And yeah, like, I know if I wasn't a Patriots fan, I'd probably stay away. But since I am, I'll, I'm flipping the coin and taking the pats and, you know, it'll be the, I think it's the Iron Eagle game. Uh, as we mentioned, yeah, it is Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers. Wilson tweeted that he's back. I That game to me is almost like uh, what the Browns-Patriots game would be to everyone. So I, I don't know how to handicap that game. I'll probably take, probably take Green Bay if, if it's Rodgers just because we know the Seahawks defense is, is kind of trash and their offense can, you know, look like they've never played football before on one series and then the next series it looks like russell wilson and tyler lockett and 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 dk metcalf have been playing football for hundreds of years yeah. and they're just that offense is just so wishy-washy sometimes but and also i'm not sure how the i i don't know pete carroll's like history off of bye week it's not no, I didn't do my homework. Sorry about that. Like, you know, Andy Reid's always like, yo, always take Andy Reid coming off a bye. I, I'm not sure what it's like. I, yeah. It hasn't been that good lately, though. I don't think that's really applied as much in recent years. Certainly wouldn't trust yeah. that this and year. And then, uh, yeah, with San Francisco, I know we mentioned that trend, but I don't know. I, if it wasn't a Monday night game, I would definitely have the Rams, like, in a money line parlay. Mm-hmm still might but the fact that it's monday night and what are you going to do we got to mix it with college basketball i mean yeah why not captain no fun why wouldn't you but uh yeah that's a that's a good game and um you know it's weird because like for a lot of i mean not to i'm just kind of rambling here but the last thing i'll say about these games is like a lot of the story, like this that's what's crazy about the nfl all the storylines like in august going in like it's all changed. Like, remember, like, and we all had reason to believe, like, the NFC West was going to be, like, the best division ever. And, like, you know, the Seahawks can't get out of their own way because of injuries. And uh, Shanahan, the magic of Shanahan, seems to have rubbed off for whatever reason. And 
yeah, it's like all the storylines have just kind of been replaced by like new storylines. Like Tennessee, what's the, how the heck is Tennessee seven and two? There's there's that, that's a team that is playing a lot better than what their like numbers and stats should indicate. Like they they have to have a, a regression at some point. But the fact that they play in the AFC South means like, well, they're still gonna get like a a, a bunch of cupcakes headed their way too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well said, Andy. I I did want to. I think I the, can't wait to take Atlanta and yell. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for, I mean, the last time that the Falcons went to Arlington wasn't that the game where they had the onside kick and then it just it wibbled or wobbled around and then they got it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure utter disaster knows that score by heart, but I, I'm pretty sure it was some crazy high scoring affair. Yeah. So I mean, we could be in for that again. It's just hard to say, you know. So we'll see. So anyway, um, yeah, very good. Let's go right to the. Let's go right to college football now, and and let's see what happened in in last week's action. Well, this is gonna be all you guys because I I don't have I don't have I did not I was not in the mix at all to be honest. Um, but. I did see that LSU surprising the amount of juice against Bama. I saw that Michigan State lost. That's not necessarily a that big a surprise. I mean, their offense isn't good. So, uh, John, you want to take this and give us a recap of what happened last week in college football? Yeah, it was an interesting week. Um, I wish we would have had the show because I, I could have said I called it here when we when we came back on the program because, you know, just by looking. You, I'm like I say, you can kind of tell what's going to happen by the point spreads, but <laughs> you had the old unranked uh, favorite over a top 10 team with North Carolina and Wake Forest. And for a little bit there, I mean, uh, you know, I thought North Carolina, they were dead in the water, but, um, you know, they're still, Mac Brown is still just clueless for the most part. Like their entire offense is like Sam Howell running around the entire time. And they, I, I could swear he, they ran like, 15 quarterback draws in the game. I have no idea why they're doing that with him with their offense. But in any event, um, you know, they came back and get, got the win against uh, Wake Forest, who, you know, listen, I mean, their offense is tremendous, but their defense had serious deficiencies. I mean, Army put up 56 points with, like, their fourth-string quarterback just a few weeks ago. Um, so if it didn't happen this week, you know, you know Wake was going to lose here at some point, uh, and that was as good a, a spot as any to do it. The interesting thing about that game, though, it was not a conference game. No, it's so you would just you, your mind was would explode thinking of that. Wake Forest, North Carolina, not a conference game. It's because when the ACC split their divisions um, after they added some new schools a few years back, they would only play like once every seven years. And since they're like founding members of the conference, the two ads got together and like, you know, shit. Like instead of playing, you know some low level Sunbelt or conference USA team in the non-conference. Let's, like, let's schedule a non-conference series. So Wake Forest is still undefeated in the conference. So I guess that's the only <laughs> that thing is so crazy. Say, yeah. That's the only thing good thing they can say about that loss is they're still okay in their division. Um, I still, I think they're going to lose again another, you know, another time or maybe twice. I mean, yeah. they have to play NC state this week and uh, they have to play Clemson still. I know Clemson's not as good as usual this year, but they could still, they could still be uh, Wake Forest. Um, but in any event, you know, good for them to no uh, blemishes on their conference record right now. And then the other game you could say we called it about was Michigan State and Purdue. And um, 
you know, you could see this one coming a mile away. Yeah. Like Purdue, they're passing like this guy, David Bell, like he's going to be a, a pro. Like that dude's unbelievable. Um, and the Purdue passing attack had clear advantages against Michigan State. Uh, and, you know, especially Michigan State, you're coming off of that huge rivalry win, that comeback over Michigan. And Purdue had already done this to Iowa. I mean, that's what they do is like they, Purdue's not good for anything except for beating like top 10 teams. Um, and they do it like almost either, you know, every couple of years. I remember that game against Ohio State it was a few years ago. They, they, they won as a huge underdog at home. Um, not going to expect them to do that again against Ohio State this weekend, but you could just, you could just see that one coming that Purdue was going to, was going to have a good game there. So those are two, I called it things if, if we had been on the program, but we certainly got some other things wrong over the weekend. I'm not going to say we're, <laughs> we're uh, had some, had others, some bad calls. Um, one of them was Washington. What a joke of a team that they are. And Jimmy Lake too, like, you know, and then they, they scapegoat the offensive coordinator by firing him after that pathetic display against Oregon. Like Oregon is so ripe to be picked off here. It's yes. just annoying me that they're up there every single week. They're probably going to beat Washington state this weekend. Although, uh, uh, Wazoo's been playing pretty well, even without Rolovich and all those coaches. I mean, they've, they've hung in there pretty good. So I don't know. We'll have to take a look at that with the spread. That's, that's like the late night bailout game. So we'll, we'll see about that one um, this weekend. But, um, you know, Oregon at Utah next week, give me the Utes by whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm in on that. Uh, but I digress. I think Washington was just pathetic. Um, and, you know, we're, we're going to stay away from them from, from now on. Um, Ohio State, very unimpressive against Nebraska. Nebraska might be the best three and seven team in the history of college football. Like all they do is just play close games yeah. against, you know, ranked teams. Um, and you know, that's not good for Scott Frost because he's three and seven, but I mean, they're, they're clearly uh, talented and they have players, but uh, that was a, that was a rough one for, for Nebraska and Ohio State. Just that's all you need to do this year is like survive in advance because all these other teams are, are losing. Um, and you know, they just they went out, they'll be there. So uh, same thing with Cincinnati. I mean, and that one did kind of annoy me because I had a five-team parlay uh, with a free bet that I had gotten, and Cincinnati, like, busted my parlay, giving 20-something points. I mean, Tulsa really could have won the game. They were going in for the touchdown, game-tying touchdown, and they fumbled the ball away, um, which was – and, you know, they got stopped in one series, and then Cincinnati fumbles it trying to run off the clock, and then Tulsa fumbles it again uh, going into the end zone. So – uh, they weren't very impressive, but they moved up because these other teams lost. So as long as they keep winning, I, I don't see how – I mean, the committee will probably find some way to justify it by the end of this. But if these teams – if Oregon ends up with two losses, um, which very well could happen, I think they're going to – like I said, I think they're going to lose to Utah. Uh, if Oklahoma loses a game, uh, which very well could happen, uh, Cincinnati could still get in here at number four. So I'm, I'm not going to count them out just yet. Um, I, you know, I don't think they'll take Alabama if they lost to Georgia, but again, I mean, maybe that's kind of the, the, where I'm wrong with my hypothetical here that the committee still might take Alabama with two losses, but I, I guess we'll see down the road and Alabama could lose at Auburn. I mean, they, you know, I was very surprised that they could not move the ball at all against LSU and LSU, uh, really could have, could have won that game, which was, which was pretty shocking. I mean, give, I guess give credit to coach Joe for still having those guys to, uh, play pretty hard, even you know when he knows he doesn't have a job at the end of the year. So, uh, very very crazy weekend, and um, I would say the best is yet to come. These these Saturdays have just been wild. So, yeah, um, lots lots of good stuff uh, to to come here in the future. So we'll we'll see how it all plays out with these rankings going forward.
I marry your frustration as far as Oregon too, because I'm like, I've just been waiting for them, just like the Cowboys, like I, I'm waiting for them to lose a game. So we'll have more. I'll tell you more about that later. But, but yeah, they they've gotten really lucky um, with some of those, and and that's kind of where we're at. And here's the thing: I was going to add to that this idea that either Wake Forest or Pitt's Pitt, like a few weeks earlier, were top ten teams is utter garbage. Like that's a bunch of nonsense. Like that that te- that Wake Forest team had the worst defense I've seen all year. They're bad. They're as bad as the Mac. Are you watching the Mac game too? Like, but I'm, I'm like, they're, they're so terrible. Like, they're that team. Even if they made a playoff, they're gonna get humiliated in the game. So, like, I, I'm just that's kind of a, we kind of all benefit from that in the end. So, uh, Andy, let's get to you and uh, let's get your thoughts on last week's action. Yeah, there's a lot. I'll try to pick my spot, but you know, I'll just probably ramble anyway. But and do like checker on a checker on some of John's thoughts. But yeah, Washington. Uh, middle of the week, I'm like, I'm taking Oregon. And then the end, I was like, but it's also like the Husky Super Bowl because technically they had everything to play for. They controlled their own destiny. They could have gone to a Rose Bowl. But they're – fuck them. Fuck their program. <laughs> fuck Jim Lake. Uh, yeah, like, was their offensive coordinator, like, from the Stone Age? Yeah, but who picked him? Jimmy Lake handpicked that guy. He handpicked that offensive coordinator. But the most coward thing they did in that game was down eight with two minutes left on fourth down. Yeah, they were at their own five, but they punted. They only oh had my god, he had two timeouts. Yeah. So he yeah, had three they timeouts. Only had two timeouts. So what are you gonna do? The even if college kicker, the the worst field position Oregon's gonna have is probably what their own forty, and then what are you gonna get the ball back with like fifteen seconds left? Exactly where like you just punted a minute and a half, half prior, just. It made no sense, and it just kind of like shows how over hit the head Jimmy Lake is, and his his conduct isn't very good. Like, you know, I don't make a big, I actually don't make a big deal of what he did to the player, but it's just like it's a symptom. It's like there's a lot of pieces of the Jenga board that are falling apart, and it's just he's just. And since I don't like the Husky program, like keeping him would be more punishing for that program than getting rid of them after this year. Cause you get rid of them this year, then they can, the quicker they are to like, you know, rebuild or whatever. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. Like Oregon was a beneficiary of uh, Jimmy Lake's just buffoonery and just bad coaching decisions. Alabama. Yeah. They're lucky to get out of that game with the win at 28 point. 28 and a half point underdog uh, uh, favorites and just having to cling for dear life to beat LSU. But um, I don't know, like um, Gary Danielson says that could be like the wake up call they need. I don't know. They play, they play like Samford this week and then they end with Arkansas Auburn. Like they could theoretically lose to either of those teams, but you know, they are sitting pretty for what, you know, because they're Alabama and they only lost to Texas A&M. So all, if they take care of business, they'll be in the playoff again. But so we'll see what happens. Uh, Florida, something's rotten with with Dan Mullen. I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, I know they had Trask and Pitts last year, but, I mean, last year he was like the darling of college football. Like, could he – so I don't know. We'll probably find out, like, next year or whatever, like, if he did something bad or I know that his scapegoat was their defensive coordinator, but I mean, I thought they were best buds too. Like, 
I don't know. We'll find out what happened with Florida, but that was like they lost as 20 point. I think they were giving 20 or 21 to South Carolina and John and agency mentioned at the beginning of the year, the South Carolina quarterbacks, like, a, like FCS walk on or something like that quarterback should not be beating Florida in any, like in any shape, way or form, but crazy stuff. Yeah. Michigan state. I think we all knew they were due for a loss because they had been, you know, uh, I don't know if, football has like a Pythagorean record, but they were winning games. They just statistically probably shouldn't have been winning. And, um, you know, if you want like committee uh, conspiracy or whatever, but yeah, that, that was just, you know, Michigan state is still like going to help Michigan or Ohio state just kind of like uh, just because of all the positioning they are in now. And I'm, I don't know. Hopefully nature will take its course because we still want to see Cincinnati get in. But to be fair, Cincinnati isn't really helping their cause because they keep playing these close games themselves. All of a sudden, Notre Dame thinks they have a chance now. I hope Virginia embarrasses them this weekend. But as we all know, we'll probably bet against Notre Dame and complain about it on Twitter. Notre Dame uh, was playing Navy last week. Navy uh, I like John's theory. If it's a, a service academy, getting more than 14, take the service academy. And they did all they could to cover that game. But, you know, they gave up uh, four, 17 points, I think, in the fourth quarter, which was pretty haunting. Uh, and yeah, Navy's two and seven. Like, I wasn't, they weren't going to beat Notre Dame out, right? But I thought they could kind of hang around. And, and theoretically, they did. It just, just too much Notre Dame at the end, not enough, like, Navy, when they need to score points, they, they couldn't do it. Um, just looking at some of the other stuff here. Yeah, you guys nailed it with Wake Forest. Like, oddly enough, when their offense actually had to do something, that last drive of the game, they kind of looked pretty bad. Um, it was just a just like a basketball score, 58-55 or whatever. Like, Mac Brown was like, uh, I feel like I'm in Texas, Mac Brown, but I'm also like the – analyst like analyst Mac Brown that was like such a conservative dude and he's like I don't know what to do but good good job by them uh that ACC conference is, is really bad this year um I know we were all watching a little bit of U UTSA UTEP and I, I thought UTEP would be prime for that game unfortunately they weren't uh and I mean it's not like we don't like UTSA of course we, this whole podcast loves utsa I, I just thought utep getting all those points was the right play and um i forget who said it but someone was like you know you see like alabama georgia the the one four playoff games a lot of them are like blowouts like why not have like so what's it you're telling me like alabama blowing out like michigan state how is that any different than like georgia this year getting uh getting to play uh, UTSA like that that'd be some freshness yeah I, I don't think UTEP or UTSA would beat Georgia but it would be it'd just be like a breath of fresh air to see one time you know just because a established powerhouse gets blown out you justify it because it's a established like blue blood could let uh, all I'm trying to say is UTSA deserves more respect as an undefeated team uh Tennessee Kentucky was a very entertaining game. I know we uh, Ron and, and all of us like mocked Tennessee. Their defense is still horrendous, but 
I don't think anyone thought uh, the Virginia Tech transfer was going to be playing at the abilities playing this year and things are clicking for Tennessee. And all of a sudden people are like, maybe they can like, again, the narrative from the beginning of the year to now is totally different. Now it's like Georgia is actually going to have a, a true test on defense because they're playing a team that can actually pass the ball. And it's in the beginning of the year, it's like, well, we don't really know what Tennessee's going to be this year. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do against Georgia. And then uh, I think the Steve Sarkeesian continues to, you know, the, the whole like thing with the, with the monkey and the special teams coach and Ugh. weird stuff's going on with Texas. But yeah, yeah that was, uh, that was a game I was, I was watching for some reason. And then the last game I'll talk about is and kind of just lead to another thing I was talking to John about offline. Like, there's no injury report in college football. So, like, even someone like David Shaw was being, like, wicked coy with his quarterback last week. And you thought it was going to be Travis McKee. And then a minute before game time, it's like, no, the backup is playing. And also playing is this Air Force transfer. And you're like, well, no one knew this. And, yeah, obviously Utah was going to kill Stanford anyway. And then also – but more importantly, it was the Nevada-San Jose State game. And you could Google it. Like, there was no articles saying that Starkle was coming back for San Jose State. So guess what happens before the kickoff between Nevada and San Jose State? Nick Starkle is announced that he's going to be playing. And he got the majority of the snaps, and it was a really entertaining game. Um, you know, I think there's three pros that on between those teams, the receiver, Dobbs, Carson Strong, both on Nevada, and then the tight end for San Jose State, and that was it. That was like that was my favorite game to watch in the you know the ten thirty seven thirty uh, slot. Mm-hmm. But all to say, there's there's got to be more transparency with the injuries, especially with the quarterbacks in college football. Yeah, wasn't there some some deal with Matt Corral too? Like you're leading up to a game. Like that was just getting this just getting ridiculous. And he played. It was like it's like well, it was just fucking ridiculous. Like I think that's I think that's gonna have to change soon. That's gonna have to change as well. So let's go to this week's action. I think we got everybody's recaps. Um and I have a fun little fact for you all. And it is this. I'm going to be and I think this is why I put it on the list. <laughs> I'm I'm being a, it's looking all about me, but oh, you're going to San Diego. I'm State. going. I'm going to see Nevada San Diego State. That should be fun. I'm, I'll be there in the building for for that one at the end. So <laughs> that should be fun. So I appreciate you bringing up uh, Nevada earlier in the segment. Um, the other games that we can talk about in Week 11: Michigan, Penn State. This is very generous. I don't think they deserve to be on there. <laughs> But they're still ranked number six, so I'm like, well, go Penn State is fairly talented. Maybe Clifford will have a good game, and they'll they'll make it tough for Penn Michigan. We'll see. Oklahoma Baylor also at the same time twelve. Oh, big finger to Baylor. Complaint to John about this last week. Big finger to Baylor. <laughs> I, like I get it. they have this game coming up and uh, sandwiched between whoever they played the week before, but they they had they couldn't beat TCU. That was a bad game. They got to beat TCU. TCU just got rid of Patterson. Yeah, you're right. That's that's a rough loss. That's that's a rough beat for them, no doubt. So um, let's continue with some of this. So yeah, um, yeah. I I I I wonder who's gonna cover that game or win that game or what have you. I don't know. I really don't. But Oklahoma Baylor, uh, number eight Oklahoma, number thirteen Baylor at noon on Fox, Eastern Time. 
And then uh, number 19, Purdue, who just came off the win against Michigan State. Do they have that juice again? I, uh, John alluded to this earlier. I guess number four, Ohio State and Columbus, 330 Eastern on ABC. I haven't seen a Big Ten game at 330 on ABC in a while, so that, that must be a big game if they're going to do that. Um, and then number 11, Texas A&M against number 15, Ole Miss at 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. That's just more for, for shits and giggles. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think either team is, is going to make the playoff at this point. Washington State against number three, Oregon. Keep an eye on that late night action, 1030 on ESPN. And then, as I mentioned, Nevada against number 22, San Diego State. I think it could be a good game. could be sneaky good. But I think it's just because I'm going to the game. That's why I think that. But it, it should be fun. I mean, Mountain West is pretty is is pretty good stuff. 10:30 Eastern on CBS Sports Network. So that's probably the first time we've had them listed on this sheet, the CBS Sports Network game, uh, so far this season. But uh, John, I'm going to give it to you for a look at this week's action. You know, what do you think about the the Mountain West in there? Do you think that they're worthy of this list too? Oh yeah, love the group of five teams and. As a side note, like if you're just blindly betting action overs, I think you're probably like nine and one right now. Since <laughs> last it's just unbelievable the points that are put up. I mean, it's amazing to watch. Yeah, it's crazy. These games are, are just wild. Um, but in any event, yeah, uh, Mountain West definitely deserves uh, our consideration. And then I agree with what Andy was saying. Uh, UTSA, man, they are a good team. Like let's let's get them in the best bowl possible. Like. I want to see them go against like a real opponent. The sad part is they're probably going to be in like the, you know, the shit kicker, you know, 10,000, whatever bowl against uh, a conference, you know, a Sunbelt team or. Yeah. I bet we'll get like, we'll get like Louisiana versus UTSA. Right. Like I, I don't care about that game. Like, yeah, we'll watch, but like, let's see them play Michigan. I don't know. I just, just throwing them out there. Let's see them play, uh, Texas A&M or somebody like that. Like, give me them against a legitimate opponent. Um, is it just no fun when they pair those group of five teams against one another in these bowl games? But um, in any event, yeah, they're, they're really good. And, um, you know, that San Diego State-Nevada game, it's a very contrasting styles. You know, you have Nevada, who's Carson Strong to Dubs, the great passing attack, and – you know, San Diego State, if they pass for 100 yards in the game, it's it's an accomplishment. I mean, great running game, great defense. So very, very uh, different styles for each of those teams there. So that'll be a good one. I'll definitely be tuning into that. Um, Dave, you say Michigan, Penn State, is it worthy of being on there? I mean, it's a pick-up game. And, you know, Michigan's what ranked – yeah, they're ranked number six now. And Penn State's unranked. They had that horrible loss to Illinois. But – they're still they're still pretty talented. I mean, I don't know that I would not be surprised if Penn State won this game. It Same. just you know Harbaugh like he, he you know we we know his deal sometimes in these in these spots and just I would not be surprised if Penn State won this game. Am I going to bet Penn State? I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won. Um, you go down your list here. I do like Baylor a lot. I think they were caught in that trap last week, kind of looking ahead. Saw TCU was having just a horrible year. Patterson's gone, like, you know, the TCU is really not going to show up. But again, TCU put in a, a brand new freshman quarterback that I didn't even know Chad Morris's son was even on the team. And here he comes in and he's playing. He, he played phenomenal. So that could be a spark to their end of their season. But, um, you know, I, I think Baylor's the right side for, for this game. Um, Oklahoma has struggled on the road a number of times. We just saw against Kansas, they should have lost a couple of weeks back. 
Um, I'm not going to get caught up in them blowing out Texas Tech at home. I think this is a tough game. Um, I, think, I think Baylor is very live to win this. So I will be on Baylor for sure. Uh, they should be able to, to score uh, and keep up with Oklahoma, no problem. Uh, Oklahoma's defense is not very good. Um, you have those those SEC matchups, A&M and Ole Miss. Um, you know, the Ole Miss offense has kind of slowed down a little bit here as the season's gone on. I mean, these totals are just getting obscene. And, um, you know, they've kind of been playing under. But I think Corral's kind of been dinged up. They've had some other injuries to their offense. And A&M, I mean, they're, you know, give them credit. Like, they once Calzada came in, like, it, it was not a good start for them. And they got that Bama win, and it's just been kind of smooth sailing since. If Bama were to slip up, I mean, A&M, it could theoretically make the conference championship game. So um, this is a big game for, for them. Uh, anyway, to kind of keep pace if, if Bama were to lose one of those two conference games. So uh, that'll be a, an interesting one to follow. So um, I think that's all I got here for you on your list, Dave. Let me mm-hmm. see. Let me look at the list of games and see if there's anything else here I want to mention. Okay. Yeah, no, there's there's really no other, like, high-profile games. I'm sure we'll have mm-hmm. – the two games I'm going to pick are not on, on your list there, and nor should they be. No one would want to watch the two games that I'm going to pick. But, hey, if you, <laughs> you, submit, you, you submit the bet, it's the, you're winning money on the one game is the same as winning money on, like, a top-10 matchup. So, um, yeah, love the college football Saturdays. We only have three full ones left and then the conference championship game, conference champion, championship week. So we will – enjoy this and as a side note i was all ready to to make a wager on cal this week against usc oh yeah the one that got postponed yeah they had a full complement of players i was gonna play cal but now (laughs) leave it to the (laughs) pac-12 to have their conference championship game on friday night and then cal usc is playing the next day for god knows what i have no idea just to get their 12 games in i don't know but I know for a fact that USC is not going to want to play <laughs> a game at the end of the season for sure. So um, we'll be looking to, for Cal in that game as well. But, yeah, I found that interesting. So. It's just hard to believe that that could happen. I, get, I mean, you saw it last year, but it's just like what could have happened? I guess that's something to do with just how strict uh, like their campus in Berkeley as a uh, whole is. I guess if the their same protocol was in place at a number of colleges, like that would have happened – a number of times this year it's just that they haven't been they're pretty strict with the, the covid protocol so it is what it is they're yeah. gonna reschedule the game you know i'm sure clay travis lost his shit over it but whatever <laughs> so john i have two questions for you number one the over under and you're talking about over unders so for the ball state illinois game the over under is 61 and a half for what it's worth, I'm on it. That's why I'm bringing this up. Do you think they can take this? Because it's now up to, with the field goal right now by Ball State, it's 29-27. So how many more points do you need oh to get to 62? Yeah, you're going to need Yeah, you're gonna need Northern Illinois to get a touchdown yeah. here. Yeah. And you know what? That safety, that was the spread was two and a half. So Ball State got that safety. So people folks with northern illinois are quite happy with right now someone with ball state minus two and a half i'm not so pleased but, uh, i gotcha um, yeah it is what it is i made some live bets on the kent state central michigan game which is is recouping my losses but gotcha um yeah oh i guess what other game i'll mention <laughs> uh i can't bet on this game because i'm in connecticut but uconn clemson i mean i'm sure everyone wants to hear about this game um <laughs> UConn is not going to score. So whatever the team total is, <laughs> take it under. They're not going to score in this game. Um, 
if the spread's 40 and it's the total's 51. So I'm unless there's a fluke, they're not going to score more than a field goal. Their the over under is probably seven, but they're not going to score. So okay, um, that's that's a bet for you to take. UConn team total under whatever it is. Well, I want to look that up right now because I'm very curious. Uh, but but to give you an idea. Missouri at Georgia last week, their team total, I think, was nine. <laughs> I don't think they hit that either. No, they didn't. They covered, though. Like, spread was almost 40. Yeah, that's true. They did. Um, let me see if I can look this up. It should only take a minute. Let me see if I got it. Because I'm really curious. I, I think. Well, just uh, based on the spread in total, it's 40 and 51. So that's like 40 to 10, they're, they're thinking. Or no, I'm sorry, like 45 to 5. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> oh my god! All right, am I, yeah, are we on both screens? Okay, we are. Okay, so the total points for Connecticut first half is half a point. <laughs> Man, what's it for the full game? Like five or six? Yeah. Uh, let me. I'm looking it up. I'm trying to find it. it. Doesn't seem like it's showing up. I see total points. Uh, give me a sec. I have to scroll down a little bit more to find it. I don't think it's showing up. I don't think they want to do it. <laughs> I don't think they're going to. They don't our have listener, one. Our listeners are riveted, Dave. We're talking about this game. <laughs> I can't believe that first half one, though. It's like, so. And yeah, that's, that's a little, I mean, 0.5. <laughs> I said they weren't going to score. I'll give them three so they could get a field goal in the first half. I, under, the, if it's like a six or seven for the game, I would say absolutely not. But yeah. I, I could see them getting three. But and if you get it, you're actually getting 150 odds for that, because yeah. under half a point is minus 200. So, oh boy, I may have to yeah, redo no, my. I got pit. you watching this game on Saturday, which is a terrible thing. Yeah, fair point. I, I think I'm gonna have to change one of my picks. <laughs> I'll explain later. Um, are we? Are we? Is it time for picks? Andy, did you do your recap too, or no? Or you're this week? No, but you guys, you guys, you guys nailed it. I'm just rambling here. Like, uh, what are we gonna say? Um, watch. I, as someone who has um, Kent State, they actually just scored, but they were on a. They had just allowed Central Michigan to go on a 33 to nothing or 33 to three run because mm-hmm. Kent State was up 14 nothing, and then it was 33 17. So you know. Simple math, but then Kent State just scored. So this, these matching games are just like there's no depth on these teams, no. like, which is nice because I mean you traditionally like when the matching wasn't really matching, you'd expect these you know like thirteen ten type games, but mm-hmm. these offenses are kind of like are having their way with their defenses and. Um, but it's just it's fun. I like how Maxion has just kind of made its way in the mainstream a little bit because gambling has become widely accepted in state to state. So it's good. But yeah, the games, Dave, that you mentioned, um, yeah, I'm I'm go- I'm curious to see who John ends up taking because he said that they're not on your list. And there's some you know there's some deep tracks here. Um, I know you didn't list Virginia Notre Dame, but I'm. I mean, I'm probably gonna. I'm, uh, we'll talk about that game in a bit. Uh, that's the freaking Tariko Breeze game, but yeah, it's there's not a you know, three more weeks of of regular season college pitching. It, it flies. It goes so fast. You know, I I don't think I'm gonna take it as a podcast pick, but I'll probably fade Wake Forest. I've been kind of I've been taking this NC State 
team a couple weeks in a row now and I'll probably take him again. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really know much about NC State, um, but it'll be, it'll be something to keep an eye on. Dave, you're gonna see the best punter in the country too. Oh, nice. So State, he's a he kicks field goals too, but he's he 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 he's like a Twitter legend because of his punts. That's a true story. <laughs> State punter, he's gonna win the Ray Guy Award, I think, as the best college kicker. Um, Arkansas LSU has some juice. Um, Mississippi State Auburn has some juice. I think you list. Yeah. It's, yep. It's, it's there. Uh, I, I'm actually golfing on Saturday morning like a clown, but I would, I would need like, you'd have to be like, we'll bet. Like we'll, it'll be, it'd have to be a free bet for me to actually watch that Michigan Penn State game. And I actually do agree with, uh, John's point as much as Baylor like pissed me off last week I'll take Baylor this Saturday Bohannon's gonna have to make better decisions throwing the ball but uh, oh like Oklahoma's kind of the one thing the committee's done right is like valued Oklahoma as they should be valued now to be fair Oklahoma because the way the conference is lined up and their schedule is like they play all their like tough games now so they could move up, you know, they got Bedlam, they got whoever they play in the championship game. So, but I, I mean, there's no reason to respect Oklahoma at this point. Oh, John, a quick question. What do you think of, uh, who did you see Al Golden as a possible UConn replacement for a coach? What, what are your thoughts on Al Golden? Oh God. Might as well just bring back Bob Diaco for recycling <laughs> coaches. Like, no, no. Give me someone like young up and coming and can run an exciting offense. That that's who I want. I do not want these old defensive retreads. We've done that before. No, I, I is, is that what you've seen like on, on an article or something? Yeah. I've seen, uh, yeah. yeah I, I've actually seen the, the uh, old, um, the Mississippi state coach who well, he was the Mississippi state coach Moorhead. He was actually an assistant at UConn years ago. I would be okay with him as like a retread hire, but no, Al Golden count me out. You gotta get someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Dave, I'll be curious. Whoever gets USC, the oh, so the I was watching USC last week, and the stat that's I mean, it didn't surprise me, but it kind of surprised me when she, they only won Pac-12 championship since two thousand nine. And I think it was against Stanford, right? Twenty sixteen. I don't. Yeah, I that's don't, that's when they went to the Rose Bowl with with Darnold. I think that's the one. But they need a coach because yeah. like. If you they they like are the purse strings for that conference. Like yeah. if she's good, then they'll get some national respect. It's just yeah. The way. yeah. You close your eyes and you're like USC. They they should always have the skill players. They should always have the receivers. I mean, they still do. I mean, that they guy. do. That's the thing. They have the players. They they can't yeah. seem to get out of their own way. I mean, uh, seen... receiver London. He's he's really good. Yeah, uh, he's hurt now, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Hurt. yeah. Fortunately, but he's he's tremendous. That guy. Uh, I'll just say two things. Um, so the interesting thing about these coaches getting hired and fired now is because they have this early signing day. So schools need to have someone lined up like soon if they're going. That's why you see a lot of these these schools firing um, their coaches mid mid season because they want to get somebody lined up because like the recruiting is happening now and like kids yeah. sign like 
it's like during bowl, early bowl season, you're seeing like, oh, here's national signing day. It's like, what the hell? Like, usually that's in February. They still have the one in February, but it's like, it's like they split the class. So that's why you're seeing all this movement. Um, and you, did you see Clay Helton ended up at Georgia Southern? Oh my God. <laughs> That's just that is just I, I just oh, can't see it. Georgia Southern. I'm so oh. sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. You used to have Willie Fritz too. And so right. what a what yeah. a downshift that is. Yikes. Yeah, I, I don't know if he has any connections in the South, but that's just <laughs> what a fall for you. He's not even taking like he's he's not even taking the next step in like failed coaches down to like power five coordinator and then maybe you go to group of five head coach. Like he's going right there down to group of five head coach. Like it's he's just it's like a straight down Oof. on the elevator for for uh, for old Clay, uh, and then the last thing I'll mention is yeah the the this game with Kent State and Central Michigan is like the perfect live betting game. So Dave, you talk about your degenerate actions of the week. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I got like yeah, I got like these three profit boosts to use on live action bets tonight. <laughs> yes. So I took Central Michigan plus four when they were down seven. Okay. Then plus seven and a half when they were down fourteen. And then I waited, and then I took Kent State plus six and a half when they got down. So essentially, I have just about everything covered here. <laughs> by three would be like an absolutely perfect uh, result here. That's awesome. A lot That's of great. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. You know what I was hoping for here? Selfishly, I was hoping for Northern Illinois to just throw it in the end zone with the, with this with this clock stop. That was very selfish of me to think that, but would have been would have been fun to try it. But Jim gonna... McElwain still the coach here for Central Michigan. Uh oh, Ma- oh yeah, he is. Yep. I think he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I love that. I love that, John. You got everything covered in that game. That's really cool. So I have the over, which is insane. It's like seventy points, but I feel really good about it. So we'll we'll see how, how everything plays out for for us, John. Let's see. All right. So wait i guess at some point i guess we are doing the picks at this point yes all right very good so um but that was a lot of fun you guys i really appreciate the uh the look ahead too so let's do the picks and sit back and enjoy the remainder of the action let's see all right so we're gonna start oh john we're going to go back to you for picks so uh we'll give it to you for picks for ncaa week 11 oh, oh what happened there? all right Dave. <laughs> yeah these are these are gonna be ugly um <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm almost embarrassed. They ruled that no good. Uh, it looked like. I'll oh, see. So you guys must be ahead of me because I'm like on a streaming thing. Like they're just lining up to kick right now. So I'm wait, like, wait, let's see. Are you talking about in the? Oh, we are you still on the? Uh, oh my god. Probably watching Northern Illinois. I'm guessing they're just yeah. on my screen. They're lining up to kick. Yeah. Well, in any event, uh, we'll, we'll get to my my uh, my picks here. Game number one. We are going to take Rutgers plus seven against Indiana. Um, now, this is not a game I would recommend watching. This just might be the ugliest game over the weekend. But I just don't understand how Indiana in any way, shape, or form could be laying a touchdown to anybody right now. Um, you know, they've had a number of injuries this year, especially to the quarterback position. I think they're down to like the third or fourth string quarterback at this point. Uh, they just can't score. They had one kind of blow up again against Maryland a couple of weeks ago, but other than that, like they have not scored more than like 13 points in a single game. It's just been brutal, and um, they're two and seven, really not playing for anything at this point. And they're going up against a Rutgers team. Like we know that they're going to be uh, always playing hard under Shiano, and they're still fighting for bowl eligibility. They're four and five on the season. Uh, they have a pretty good defense, and this is the 
you know, they can't be quite competitive with the uh, upper echelon of the Big Ten, but Indiana is the kind of team that they can play with. I mean, they, they beat Illinois a couple weeks ago. I think it was 20 to 14 was the final score. And I can see that kind of game here either way. It was just an ugly 17, 14, uh, 20 to, to 14 kind of game. Uh, just two defenses making uh, making plays and two offenses that really can't do anything. So in that kind of game, uh, give me Rutgers with the points plus seven uh, for game number one. Game number two, we're going to go with a little AAC action here. Dave, your favorite coach, Willie Fritz, <laughs> or Tulane Green Wave are just having a brutal season. Yeah, that's true. One and eight so far. But they've been competitive in these games, and they haven't quit. So we're going to take them plus three at home against Tulsa. Uh, I think Tulsa just kind of, uh, they gave it their all last week in Cincinnati, and I think they're, it's just prime for a huge letdown game uh, here. Uh they did, I mean, even before they lost to Navy at home, I mean, they're not a good team. And that was like their Super Bowl against Cincinnati. And to lose in that fashion, I just don't think they're going to have anything with this game. Tulane is still fighting. They almost beat UCF last weekend. And um, I just, you know, they haven't won a game since they beat in a, uh, one of those FCS teams. But I just think it's the perfect spot for them to get another win on the season. And we will fade Tulsa off of that uh, near win at Cincinnati. So two picks the ugliest picks you could find <laughs> so Rutgers plus seven Tulane plus three two underdogs for college football recall all right I love it John good luck and thanks well it's I think I need to I need to start getting into some ugly picks myself because it really feels like the time but here's the thing John so I really want to thank you for breaking down that Clemson um UConn game because I think you just talked me out of a really bad bet. I'm going to tell you. It, it looks like I I originally had UConn getting 40 and a half at Clemson, and I am so glad. I am very thankful that you talked me out of Because <laughs> once I saw that half a point was expected out of them in the first half, I'm like, fuck that. I am out of that. So thanks, and... You know, it's kind of a, you know, it is what it is. So let's go with the, the picks I wound up with. So the pick I pivot to here from the UConn game is going to be kind of boring, but I think it's going to be a decent call. We're going to go, oops, um, we're going to go with the, we're going to go with Virginia getting five and a half at home against Notre Dame. And I think of the two coaches, I just simply trust, I trust Bronco Mendenhall more. And it's as simple as that. I think I think Virginia can be very pesky. I think that Notre Dame is starting to kind of read their press clippings a little bit. They keep winning this game and that game and the other game. And I'm like, I think they're due for a letdown here. So I'll take a chance. I mean, I don't I don't love the pick, but it's a decent call. So we're going to go uh, with Virginia at home getting five and a half. Game number two. This is a pick I originally had, and I'm going to stay with it. And folks are really, really counting on Oregon to lose. We all just talked about that here on the on the podcast. But the game everybody thinks they're going to lose is at is against Utah. I think they're going to lose this one. I think they're going to go at, be at home, not be prepared for Washington State coming at them. They're playing better, as John mentioned. They're also getting 14 points. So we're going to take Washington State getting two touchdowns in Eugene. And I think they're going to win the game. I think I'm gonna put in for I, I'm not I'm gonna think about it, but certainly if anything I put I'd love to put half a unit on the money line, 
and see what happens. So we're going to take a chance on Washington State. I think they can pull the outright upset here. So our two picks, we're going Virginia getting five and a half to go with Washington State getting 14 in week 11. Yeah. All right, Andy, it's all yours. We're ready for your picks when you are. Another uh, belated big finger to Fresno State last week, too. Because I hate Boise State and Fresno State kind of laid an egg, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll be with the picks. Yeah, Dave, I'm gonna checker on a checker with you, and I'll, I'm taking Virginia. That quarterback is very prolific. Uh, Virginia's defense scares the shit out of me, obviously, because it's not very good. But um, I hate Notre Dame. I hate Notre Dame. I hate Notre Dame, and uh, I want. I want to see them lose a second game so we can put the nail on their coffin on their, you know, playoff dreams. And maybe Virginia is the team to do it. And yeah, that's, that's all I need to say about that game and to coincide what you said about that game. And then game number two, uh, I just thought of it now. I have some other games, but I'm, I'm taking this one. I'm going to take Middle Tennessee State giving 10 to Florida International. Um, I'm taking this just because I'm, I'm anti Willie Taggart. I don't think uh, Florida International should be a 10 point underdog. I think they should be more like a 14 to 17 point underdog in this game. And uh, we've taken Middle Tennessee State a couple times this year. We actually, you know, we took them against uh, UConn. Uh, we took them against Virginia Tech, um, and I don't. There's a Monmouth joke to be made somewhere. They 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 played Monmouth. Uh, they were only favored by eight. They won by 35. So they beat a very good Monmouth team for LT. But uh, um, just give me Middle Tennessee State minus 10. That is like, why are you betting this game? It, oh, We'll have to find a stream. I don't even know what it's on TV. <laughs> TV Plus ESPN three, but yeah, middle, middle Tennessee, middle Tennessee state minus 10 and Dave checker on a checker with you, uh, with the Virginia Cavs. Super guess, cool. Which we know is on TV because Notre Dame's always on TV. All the time. Every single week on NBC. When they're I, I'm so uh, Tariko. I mean, we could save this for another podcast, but I think NBC is a bad product for football. Al Michaels saves the Sunday night broadcast. Mm-hmm. Collingsworth is listenable. And and then obviously the college football package is unwatchable because Notre Dame's on it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I think that's an ABC game, though, because it's a Virginia oh. home game. Oh, that true. Because be, they're out of Virginia. Oh, yeah, I don't think we're going to have to suffer through Breeze and Tariko. But you're right, though. Like, I turned into, I usually never watch, like, the pregame show, but, like, on Sunday night, I put it on for, you know, 20 minutes before the game started. They got, like, 15 people picking picking the games on the panel. Like, who cares what Maria Taylor is picking for? <laughs> the Titans and Rams. Who cares? Like, and she gives you, you know, it's like a two second pick. Oh, well, I'm going to go with the Rams here. Okay, like that was some great analysis. Like they got 15 people there picking games, and at least Tariko was the smart one to say, "Oh, you people are all taking the Rams. I'll go with the Titans." He was the one one smart one on the on the bunch. But that was just ridiculous. Like, here's Liam McHugh's pick. I'll, I'll take the Rams. Go ahead, uh, <laughs> Tony. You're up. Like, like what the heck? What the hell was that? I don't know. It was just 
kind of stupid. Yeah, Titans was a good pick. You just like you keep. It, I think yeah, the overvalue or like uh, overreaction is such like a familiar theme this year. Yeah, I was a clown. I picked. I was on the Rams for that game, and I was like, damn, I look like a fool. But but generally, I would be on this on that. And I would be in the value side of, of that game, and I wasn't. I was with Denver. I picked the money line. I was like, I totally felt like that could happen, and I was really. It was it would it, you just never know with the NFL. I think that's the bottom line. So where's college game day this week? It, because yeah. you would think is Herb Street and oh, oh I, sometimes, sometimes I saw Ole Miss. I saw Ole Miss. Okay, you know you're right. Yeah, I did see that too. That you're would right. make sense. So, yeah, but sometimes they don't always do the game that they're at. Like they they fly into somewhere else like after the show. So I I'm not sure they could be doing the Notre Dame that Notre Dame Virginia game because that's close enough that you could get on a flight to go there or. It might be uh, Sean McDonough and uh, whoever he's with. Uh, oh yeah, Todd Blackledge. Yeah, Todd Blackledge. They're not. They're not terrible. You know who's really good? I don't know if you guys have listened this year. Um, Robert Griffin III is really good as Ooh. an analyst. You have to check him out when you next time. He has. He isn't. He's not doing many high-profile games, obviously, but he was. He was doing the uh, uh, the Oregon Washington game last week. He was excellent. Hmm. So uh, I hope he gets more opportunities. He he was, um, he was good. So up and coming. I and mean, this is his first year too, calling games. So keep an eye out for him. Good call, John. I'll I'll give you the look. I'll, I'll be on the lookout. Um, it's good to see that he's doing all right with though. I mean, it's always nice to hear from him. He seems like a good guy. So, uh, very good. I think we're continuing with picks. Where were we at? I think we did we did Andy's picks. Okay. Ron's Ron's picks up next. Okay. So, Ron's picks for week 11 in college football. And good luck, Andy, to your picks, of course. Um, let's go to... Let's see. I'm losing track of where I am with this, with the actualities. Uh, I don't even think this is the right one, but uh, we'll just go with this music anyway. So, Ron's picks. Let's see. He has these guys for week 11. Do we have any checkers? No. No checkers from Ron. But he's going to take Oklahoma giving six and a half at Baylor for pick number one. For game number two, he's going to take Purdue to cover the spread of 21 and a half at Ohio State. So Ron is going Oklahoma minus six and a half to go alongside Purdue plus 21 and a half for week 11 in college football. Very nice. Very nice, Ron. Good luck and thanks for the picks. All right. So now that we'll close it out with. Dan Tullis with these picks and analysis. Let's do it. Dan, ready for you? Okay. So here's Dan, here are Dan's two picks for college football. Very interesting spot for him, as he mentioned. It's uh, it's gonna be gonna be interesting. We're gonna see what he's got. Okay. So oh, okay. We've got a checker, so I gotta adjust that a bit. It's actually two checkers. So his first pick, he's going to go checker with you, Andy. He loves Middle Tennessee State giving 10 against FIU. And I love this. This is where it says, this is, I love this comment. He's, he writes, hold on, let me go to screen because I, I think you're going to love this, Andy. So he writes, this is the Andy beat a very good Monmouth team game. Yep. FIU, <laughs> right, right? <laughs> FIU looks dead as a doornail and riding MTSU here a bit. Lay the wood. Nice. All right, we'll go back and let's get let's get his uh, second pick, which is a checker on a checker with John's pick. Wait, or no, 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 check. It's a checker on a checker with Ron's pick. Um, Purdue getting twenty-one and a half at Ohio State, and here's what he says. He says that. Um, hold on, let me go back to the scene. 
and then I'll, I'll give it to you. So uh, Dan Tullis says, people are waiting on a bigly explosion game from Ohio o OSU, but I've liked what I've seen from Purdue, and I think they can put up enough points to keep it in the window of the spread. Um, so those are his two picks: Middle Tennessee minus ten, Purdue minus I mean sorry Purdue plus twenty one and a half, and three of the picks from him as bonus picks. He offers Boise giving 13 and a half, Western Kentucky giving 18. Ooh. Who are they playing? John, do you, do you guys know who they're playing? Yeah, they're playing Rice. Oh, okay. That's a good pick, though. And also, I think Andy got um, you know, got your coaches mixed up. Uh, it's FAU with Taggart. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, so I got... Uh... Yeah, FIU is... um, What's his name? Uh, from the old... Uh, uh, Butch Miami. Davis. Yeah, yeah, Butch, Butch Davis. But it's, it's okay. Yeah, same thing. They, they've completely given up on him. So you're, you're, I like the pick too. All good. And now, uh, oh yeah, and he has one more pick. Oklahoma State giving 13, which I think is head dead with somebody, isn't it? No, maybe not. Yeah. Okay, so those are those are Dan Tellis's picks. And I'll, I'll also add this. He did offer bonus picks for NFL as well, and they are Arizona minus 10 and a half and Denver minus three. So, which is... I think that's actually head to head with Andy. No, no, no. It's it's checker with Andy, which because he had two and a half, which would be fine. So that wraps it up. Uh, it was a very comprehensive episode, everybody. And uh, I think I'll just give it to you both for final thoughts, John. I'll go to you third first. Yeah, great time of the year. I mean, you know, conference races coming down to the end. Uh, playoff, you know, rankings being released every week. Uh, the weather is not too cold where you can't like spend a little time outside, uh, but it's still, you get some like warm days, like just a great time of year for football. And then you got, you know, college basketball starting, um, hockey, NBA, like what a beautiful time for sports. So you, you really, really can't ask for, for nothing else and um, should be another great weekend. And I hope everyone has some winners and we'll be, back here next uh next wednesday to discuss the carnage of, of what happened over the weekend so, <laughs> um, it should be fun uh dave i was just curious what are we going to be doing in terms of our schedule for like because i know the nfl is like has that extra week this year so i was just Ooh. curious what we're going to be doing in terms what of our question. our picks and usually we come back after the new year and yeah. then it's like it's the playoff time but yeah. we'll be coming back after the new year and here's week 18 is, is <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's a, that's a great question. I, I think I think we still cut it off at 16 weeks because the college season's over by then anyway. Because it's like, well, we could do like four NFL picks if you want. I mean, if you want to keep it going into January, I wouldn't be opposed. What do you think, Andy? How would you play that? Um, if you guys want to have more picks, I'm not going to complain about more picks. Okay. Or, wanna, it's, you know, dealer's choice, Dave. Yeah, all right. I'll get back to you on that, John. That's a good question. I, I think... Because if you think about it, it used to be that when we would do the when we would go into week sixteen of the of this contest, we'd be about week fifteen or so of the NFL, maybe even week fourteen, and then we were like, well, we're just only got like one more, what a couple more weeks left. But here, it's like you have another month, so it's like, I think that's an interesting call. Like, I I will get back to you. I would not be. I mean, they might be all on the web, but I would totally do it. Like, I would happily keep going, especially if like we got the juice we have, which we do. So John, I, 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 yeah, I'm not against sending, like, I think the college season is, um, including the, 
uh, bowl games would be 15 weeks. Right, right. Uh, so then that gets to like week 16 of the NFL. So yeah. then that'd be a couple more weeks after that. Like, like Andy said, even if we don't do shows like those three weeks or whatever it is in December, like I'm fine just texting you pics. Oh, like me it, too, me too. Yeah, it doesn't take you that much to put it on the on the site. So, so yeah, compared to the podcast, anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot less effort certainly in that area. So I think we continue. I think you're right with that much extra inventory. We can move to like four picks for NFL games during those weeks, and that'd be fine. I think it'd be really fun. So uh, let's do it. I think we continue the contest. I, I say I say I'm all about it. So y'all, <laughs> you heard it here first. We'll keep the contest going into week what 19, 18 for the NFL when we go into January. I love it. Let's do it. I'll keep you all posted on dickcow.com. Um, <clears throat> Andy, one question for you before we go, and then I'll give it to you for final thoughts. Yeah. Did you get a chance to try the Taco Bell Cantina tacos? No, I well, I forgot. Like, what makes it? I was there Sunday night actually after Buffalo Wild. Oh, all right, <laughs> um, they're good. I, mean, I gotta tell you, what's uh, what makes the Cantina Taco Cantina? Taco? And I also didn't take advantage of the World Series promotion. Oh, the steel. I didn't do that either. It's okay. You didn't miss out much. I mean, they do it every year. It's all right. I mean. I mean, it's just a taco. It's not that big a deal. I'll try the cantina taco. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> their shell is like extra thin and it's crispy and it's tastier. It's like there's something to it that's really nice. It's like a flauta but in the shape of a taco. And then the beef, there's like way more beef in it. And there's this melty cheese, like this like nacho cheese sort of thing. It's really good. Give it uh, a try. Um, okay, final thoughts. Final thoughts. So the uh, that FIU uh FIU Middle Tennessee State game is on ESPN three, so that's good. Uh ESPN plus uh Heyman style, but I I got it. It's great. It's basically as you know, it's like the center ice package too, because it's got so yep, many yep, yep. games. Um the 5 p.m. darkness hits really hard. It harder every year, I think. But the fact that we have Maction in college basketball is back makes it a lot easier to absorb. Um, I like my, for the Houston golf, my, uh, my favorite bet so far is Scotty Scheffler to finish top 10 plus, I think it's like plus 225. And then Dave, I had a question for you. Uh, will you be going to the Villanova UCLA game Friday night? It's an eight 30. Oh, local- that killed me. To- I wish I had Tommy known staying up to 1130 to watch that. I wish I had known about that game well, earlier. It's just so unfortunate. I have a thing scheduled on Twitch. I can't do it. I would have done it if I had known the game was on. I would That's have a big it. game for like. Yeah, it's a great for Poly game. Pavilion. It's not even at like a neutral site. Yeah. I, Good job out of Jay Wright. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's a great. You know, I, I love that he's willing to. And he, this has been a thing with him. Like he's always good to schedule good non-conference opponents. And 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 Villanova looked slow and sleepy but they got the job done against mount st mary's the other uh, yesterday so i think they did what they had to do it's gonna be a great game to be a low scoring game like both those teams love to grind it out it's gonna be a, a terrific game but i'm gonna have to watch it on tv unfortunately um i wish i had known about that game even a week earlier i would have changed a lot of things i could totally have made it's it but like i looked at StubHub. it's like the cheapest tickets are 59 bucks but the the Monday night you could watch Long Beach State for six dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, I, well, uh, I still might. It would have been worth it though. How often do you get to see Villanova in town? 
Like oh, 100%. Right? So. Like it would totally have been worth that. Ah, just a bummer. I wish I could have wish I could have done that. Well, I'll lesson learned. I'll, I'll think about that next time. Dave, Andy gave his favorite Houston Open golf bet, so I'll, I'll give mine. Okay. Uh, we'll go with Taylor Gooch top ten. I haven't looked at the odds yet, but I was going to go put that in after we got off the program here. So uh, that's that's what we're rolling with for this week. Taylor Gooch. Check Gooch has played well. I mean, he yeah. was right in contention uh, last week. Yeah. I, again, I, I think I told you guys, I got all these free bets from DraftKings. So I had a $25 free bet to win on Carlos Ortiz. I would have won $2,000 if he could have somehow pulled it out. Um, and there was no real opportunity for me to like hedge on Victor. Like they were never like tied or within a stroke. It was just, I would have made like, I, I could have put a lot of my account down on it, but I would have made like 20 bucks. Like it wasn't worth it at that point. So mm-hmm. I just had wish he had, could have gotten a little, a little closer, but it was fun for, for a little sweat. But anyway, so th- these fall golf events have been have been pretty entertaining. I'm sure no one's been. It doesn't matter. It's, but it's good. Like now, it's like yeah. Jack O'Neiman's due. Like Ortiz, no. Ortiz, who won last year, he had to withdraw. But like, I like more golf the merrier. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, and Dude, even uh, all these guys, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they, you know, I usually try to find like put a, on a second screen on Sunday, like the coverage is from one to four, so like. You get your NFL red zone on your main television, and then you kind of have like a laptop or whatever with the with the golf on. So yeah, uh, like I said, great more like you said, more golf the better. And um, you know, next week is like the last of the official events before we before we reconvene in January. So um, and that's just another thing to, to keep up keep tabs with over the weekend. Yeah, I'm into it. I wish I could. You know, I hopefully I can catch some of this event. I want to see if you guys get get it done. I mean, I like Scheffler too, just in general. And Gooch, you know, I, I, I take your word for it on Gooch. I think that'll be fun to watch and see how they do. So, uh, Taylor but- Gooch, John could probably do it better than me, but like Gooch used to be like always like you could want to bet him. Like I didn't, I never really did first round leaders, but he'd be like a good first round leader guy. And then like weekends, he fizzles, but it's just a good name, a good guy to bet on because you Gooch. Is a yeah, good you guy. love the name. Yeah, Wouldn't it it's be- like some of these guys that the progression of their careers, like you, like you said, you go from like they pop as the first round leader, and then you never hear from them again over the weekend, and then they slowly start to put four rounds together, and then their contention. It's like it's a whole process. Like you know, uh, what's his name? Um, it's kind of getting to be like uh, Harold Varner. Like he just is like a dead first round leader that every tournament, and then you'd never hear from him again. But now he's actually starting to play pretty solid for four rounds so it's just interesting to see like the progression of these golfers and like sam yeah. burns taking that next leap to being like one of the better players on tour he's actually the favorite this week in this tournament you see uh, he's, that yep. he's like what 15 to 1 or something and he, he deservedly so like he's bermuda's his best like course fit in uh you know it's a long bermuda course and that's his yeah these texas best guys yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's just crazy. He's gonna be like a, a top ten player in the world for next year. It's just crazy how it's just so cyclical and like guys, you can just see their the arc of their career from being like some jabroni to now like they're just a really solid, <laughs> solid player. So it's, yeah, it's one of the it's one of the interesting things to to follow if you a golf sicko and you you follow it every week. Well, it's good for the players that they get these events. They can keep themselves engaged throughout the season, throughout the year, even in the winter. So that's that's really cool. So um, I'm assuming this is all on Golf Channel. I'll, I'll go check it out. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'll be on Golf they're, Channel. They're not getting on NBC. With no. 
<laughs> right on, guys. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight, and hopefully we can do this again next week. So good luck on your picks, everybody. And uh, take care of yourselves for now. I'll, I'll catch you around soon, yeah? All right, thanks. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, guys. Thanks, everybody. Nice talking. Good luck, everybody. All right, well, that's our program tonight. Good stuff by uh, Andy and John. This is really, it really has been... Quite a busy, quite a lot going on in that show. It was really fun. So thanks again to them for, for joining us. And thanks to you for tuning in and uh, subscribing to our podcast. If you missed any of it, you can go to our website, ditcow.com, or you can catch the replay on video at youtube.com slash ditcow. And catch up with us on all the social media scenarios, Twitter, at ditcow, and, and at ditcow.com. And again... Dave in the City Out West, if you're looking for us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to us, and you get the episodes first before anybody else. I'm Dave Medina. Have a great rest of your evening, and we will see you next time.